Welcome in to another new podcast from the Association for Materials Protection and Performance. My name is Ben Dubose, and I'm a staff writer with the AMP Publications team. Today, as we kick off December, we're going to be talking about the recently passed U.S. infrastructure law and what it means for people that are members at AMP and the corrosion industry at large. And so to do that, we've got a couple of guests today that I think are very insightful on this subject. They are Adam Christopher, Government Relations Manager at AMP, and Dan Adley, longtime CEO at KTA Tater, recently retired from that role, but also very active in the association these days. And so both of them can bring some unique perspectives, I think, both from certainly Adam's position managing government relations here at AMP and also Dan's experience uh, a lifetime's worth in the industry that can provide some useful perspective about what this bill may mean for those of you listening. So I think a good place to start would be by letting each of these two men introduce themselves and give a little bit of their personal bio in the corrosion industry. Adam, let's start with you. Perfect. Thanks, Ben, and good morning, and thanks for having me. Yeah, my name is Adam Christopher, and I'm the manager of government relations for AMP. Uh, before that, I was uh, manager of government relations for NACE International, uh, and have been in this role for eight years. Uh, and time has flown in eight years, just from meeting Dan the first time to, to where we are today, actively working on AMP's behalf. Um, but yeah, excited to be here and talk about the infrastructure bill. It's certainly something that I've been following uh, for several years to, to see how and where it will impact and finally become law. Uh, but really my goal and job uh, for AMP is to make sure that when, he, when any kind of legislation like this or any uh, important policies are considered before the Congress, that the perspective of corrosion engineers and corrosion professionals uh, is included in that legislation. And so uh, happy to, to dissect the infrastructure bill today and look at ways uh, we can continue that participation and, and answer your questions. So excited for it. Thanks. And Dan, the same question to you. For anyone who's not familiar with you, what's sort of your uh, bio in the industry, if you will? Yeah, thanks, Ben. Um, as you indicated uh, previously, I'm a retired CEO. It's a recent thing. Stepped on after uh, over 26 years with KTA Tater. Broadly, we're a corrosion engineering firm. Uh, we're involved with the design and management of large industrial painting projects, uh, protection of the nation's infrastructure, uh, engaged with our military, and protection of uh, mobile assets, and uh, a real range of issues associated with material selection, performance testing, field inspection, specification development, all those types of things broadly what we might call asset protection. And we've been doing that for 75 plus years. Uh, from the association side, I've been engaged with uh, NACE uh, extremely actively, let's just say in the last uh, 12 or so years, uh, seven or eight of them have been with the board, uh, ultimately becoming a uh, at-large director for strategic planning. And throughout all that, uh, got engaged with what used to be uh, PPOC, Public Policy and Outreach Committee, and now is the Advocacy and Public Affairs Committee of the uh, merged uh, AMP Association. And it's an area I still intend to stay engaged with, uh, even though I am retired from the business per se. I enjoy this aspect of government relations and, and industry advocacy. So I think a good place to 
start as we transition to the infrastructure bill specifically. Adam, if you could just give us an overall legislative outline and just give us a little bit of insight into the major topics in it. Absolutely. So as kind of I mentioned before, this bill is really the culmination of several years of work uh, of policymakers on Capitol Hill, and that extends many administrations and many different controls of Congress. But this has constantly been one of those issues that both parties have kind of set out to, to finalize. And it, it's been the white whale, so to speak, of, of finding a way to get this across uh, the finish line and, and, and to reinvesting in America's uh, infrastructure systems throughout the throughout the country. So I'd say first and foremost, uh, it's a historic achievement that you know we haven't seen um, in generations uh, in terms of investment uh, into the infrastructure systems that are out there. And it's not something I think you know when people hear the word infrastructure and they'll look at this bill, they may maybe consider that it's just something that will pertain to roads and bridges. But I, I think one of the the great things about this legislation is it's extremely comprehensive. And it touches almost all aspects uh, of the American economy uh, and the industrial life that's out there from from yes, bridges and, and improving bridge safety uh, throughout the country, but also to drinking water systems, to replacing lead pipes, uh, to making sure that there's proper corrosion control for uh, water pipes, to make sure that lead doesn't leak into uh, the systems like it sadly did in Flint and Newark and other places. Uh, there's uh, large investments into public transit, including uh, rail, freight rail and passenger rail uh, safety issues. I know that's something that that our membership has seen in the past on, on some issues and challenges related to corrosion there. There's investments in uh, waterway infrastructure, so, such as uh, port uh, improvement programs throughout the country. There's pipeline safety and repair provisions in there. So there's really a, a large myriad of investments and historic investments into a lot of different areas that will really transform uh, and improve uh, the infrastructure throughout the country. So I think the key highlight for me is one, we're finally here to that, that point where we've signed this into law. Two, this is one of the highest, if not largest investments into the infrastructure system that we've ever seen. And three, that kind of extends to so many different areas that it's really gonna transform uh, how we prepare for the future and make sure that that we are the, the leading uh, uh, technology systems in the world. And Dan, from your perspective, if you could jump in, what does the infrastructure bill that Adam just gave us the outline on, what does that mean for the corrosion industry at large? Well, I'm not certain that I'm in a position to speak for the entirety of the industry, but I'll offer my perspective. Um, everything that Adam, excuse me, just described is physical infrastructure. So one of the things we have to understand is our industry, and we're looking at this is a $1.2 trillion investment in uh, physical infrastructure. To the best of my knowledge from everything I've seen, essentially every dollar of this is to go to physical infrastructure in one of those many categories that Adam just outlined. And as you look at any of those, be it highways and bridges, which is not the only thing, but still remains the, the dominant at 46%. But if you look at transit, rail, railroad, the energy grid, water and wastewater, um, ports, maritime, and water infrastructures, aviation. You can't think of any of them that don't involve materials of a construction 
where AMP members have a role. And that role might be in making certain that the designs, the material selection, uh, and the design, the physical design of these infrastructure projects is done in such a way that the asset is protected for as long as possible. It all needs to be done in a sustainable manner. And that has AMP written all over it from the front end design selection of materials and specification for long term uh, corrosion protection systems. AMP has a role next step in making sure that the contractors that perform the work and those that observe the quality of the performance are trained, certified, and can perform that work so that these long term benefits are achieved. Um, and I'm not certain where, but I suspect on the tail end of the long term operations and maintenance and management of these facilities that AMP or AMP membership have roles in assume or assuring the long term sustainable protection and management of the infrastructure we're going to be investing in. Um, it's just huge numbers, 1.2 trillion overall, much some of it over a 10 year, but much concentrated in the first five years. And there's within that $550 billion in new infrastructure. So it's not even maintenance, it's new projects. And I, I don't see a singular aspect of it, quite frankly, Ben, I'd put it away differently. I don't see a single aspect of that investment that doesn't have, uh, doesn't create some role or opportunity for AMP membership. So what can AMP member companies or even an individual per se do to prepare themselves? I'm sure there's people that hear this and they seek potential opportunities, but of course there's only a select number of groups, companies, organizations, people that are going to be able to take advantage of these. So how can someone prepare themselves as best as possible for what's going to be coming? Uh, well, I'll take the first crack at this and I'll probably tee it up for Adam to go a little bit <laughs> deeper. But um, interestingly, Ben, we just got off of a uh, group committee call of the Advocacy and uh, Public Affairs Committee. And we were talking about goals and objectives for the upcoming years. One of the overarching things that we'd like to see is to motivate and engage AMP members to be advocates for our association, more importantly, our industry, what we do as professionals. And I believe this Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act creates a unique opportunity for every individual member to get engaged and I'll give you some ideas. One is calling your local state representatives, be they a, a congressional representative or a senatorial representative for the district that you live in or perhaps your business is located in. Engage them in the conversation because much of this funding is going to flow, all of it is going to flow ultimately through the states, some of which they have immediate control over, other they have to apply for through grants. And 
those are going to create opportunities um, for AMP membership to participate in. But if you reached out to your local representatives and just asked them the simple question, how is our state receiving these funds? What's its vision? How they to be dispersed? And are we incorporating sound corrosion design management and oversight provisions in the utilization of these funds to ensure that our investment is sustainable? I think it's an easy task. Our legislators at the local level, largely, at least in my experience, seem to be inclined to have conversations with constituents because they know it's important to it. And if your business is located there, it's even more so. It may inspire you, or once you get over the, uh, uh, the perhaps discomfort of reaching out and talking to a regulator, or uh, I'm sorry, a uh, legislator, um, maybe you bump it up and you find your uh, congressional representative or senatorial representative to the US uh, Congress and then reach out to their offices. I doubt that you're going to speak to the congressman directly. Mm. Let's not be naive, but they'll have someone within their office that deals with um, infrastructure. We'll just broadly categorize it as and has to talk to them and relay the same message. We want to make sure as AMP, as an association, that these funds are used in a sustainable, beneficial way to the country. And you're there to help, and the association's there to help. I'll stop there and bounce it off to Adam and see how his perspective. No, that that's extremely right, Dan. I, I would say that the most important thing to kind of keep in mind in, in this entire process is one, you know, the bill has been signed and, and everything is, but the process is not done. The process of implementing this, this massive investment uh, in changes in policy is going to take uh, months and years uh, into the future. Um, and so as a part of that, we as an organization and, and you as a corrosion professional want to be engaged, like Dan said, to make sure that you know this this funding and these changes in policies they're protected and they set us up for success in the future uh, with asset integrity uh, with sustainability uh, and, and all of those key uh, infrastructure and, and buzzwords that are out there but the most important part of that is for us to be a part of the process uh, to make sure that the policymakers uh, understand uh, the need for for actively planning and and, and engaging and and making sure that things are protected. I think that's one of the reasons our infrastructure is in the state of uh, disrepair that it is in today is that we haven't had that traditional focus of of making sure the best policies are in place to make sure the assets are properly maintained. And I, I know I'm probably preaching to the choir of all the listeners here, but that's important for us to continue making sure that that our voice is heard and that your voice is heard. And then on the, the other kind of part of your question, Ben, of, of how can a, a, an AMP member make sure that it's uh, that they're ready uh, to, for all these opportunities that are out there? You know, part of my role at, at AMP uh, is to make sure that we are the resource to you all so that you can understand and see clearly uh, the opportunities that are out there. And so over the next few weeks and months, we're going to continue on this infrastructure message, uh, not just podcasts, but probably webcasts and other documents to help uh, show you all uh, the summaries of, of where uh, funding is, uh, where the priorities are, uh, and, and provide you the information to participate in the process 
uh, for you as an ind individual as well and for your businesses and, and your future as well. So uh, I'd encourage you to, to be a part of the process and see this as an active engagement to really making sure that the, the world that we create from this legislation uh, is, is where we want to be. Um, and I, I wish we had more Dans and we can get more Dans and recruit more Dans to help us in that process. Another way of, I think, tackling a similar subject, Adam, what are some of the common questions that you've already gotten, or I guess because we're still in the relative infancy, it hasn't even been a month yet since this has been signed into law. So perhaps a better way of phrasing it, what are some of the questions that you anticipate getting in your role from people that are just sort of curious how they can get involved? Yeah, I think a lot of uh, individuals understand and members understand, you know, what what has happened. It's significant. And and now the question becomes, how can I participate and what does this mean for me and, and my bottom line? And and that's quite frankly understandable. They want to be a part uh, of of the, the the new policies that are out there. So really that general question of how do I get involved is a is a first question that probably a lot of people want to ask, but maybe just aren't sure where to go. Um, I'm glad to offer myself as a as a resource to to help you connect uh, with that state policymaker or help get the right contact information for that member of Congress or staff. But but just connecting and with me and, and others with an amp to ask the questions, we can usually point you in the right direction uh, and help you find the, the the best way to do that. Um, I, I would say after that, you know, a lot of people want to clearly see. Uh, what's in the bill because there's been a lot of things that have been discussed uh, over over the summer and, and summaries will be provided and there's links out there that I can send and I've sent in some documents and we'll send uh, in, in others in the future. I'm actually working on a chart right now that kind of pulls up all the summaries of all the, the funding that would be of interest to our members and, and we'll be distributing that uh, very soon within weeks. So those kind of things, getting the right resources, understanding how to get involved, I think are probably the, the two questions that, that come at the, the initial side. And then just reviewing, you know, how you and your businesses fit into that equation. Are you uh, in the bridge safety world? Are you in the water systems drinking world? Uh, navigating the waters and understanding your role is, I, I think, also something important that, that our members can do. Dan, do you have anything that you want to Add there, I know that you, you come this at, come at this probably differently than I since you've been a member for so long and, and see kind of the real world aspect of the policy side. Well, I think for the, you know, right now, it's, it's actually only two weeks since the bill has been yeah. signed into law. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know anybody personally that's read all of it. I know there's lots of things out there where people die, they analyze it and they look at it from different perspectives. And therefore, I guess one thing I'd suggest is if you're gonna look at a source, look at multiple sources because they cut and dice the bill differently. If you simply Google Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, you'll get a great inventory. Uh, one I looked at yesterday was by McKinsey and Company, a very well graphic presentation of uh, the breakdown of funding and how it's being allocated. Um, I have subscriptions to both Wall Street Journal and New York Times. They both analyze it, a little bit different perspective, um, but you can get a lot of insights from those. So that's one thing. But let's move to the association. Um, the transition team that's been working on uh, integrating two wonderful 
legacy organizations, SSPC and NACE into AMP, has been dealing and confronted with lots of issues. One of the ones that they recognize is extremely important to the membership, and that is what's going to happen with local chapters, sections, areas, those types of things. I'm going to suggest that in the interim, until it's all shaken out, have meetings. Talk about the Infrastructure Act and how we as the association can get engaged to make sure that we get the integrity of our assets and the sustainability that we want from these huge investments. Uh, and that's done by certified and accredited uh, personnel who understand the design management uh, and construction of infrastructure. Uh, so that would be my suggestion is try and engage at your section chapter area levels and have local conversations about this and maybe that dominoes into um, conversations with local representatives from either the legislative side or perhaps at some agency. Maybe you invite the, uh, the district engineer from your Department of Transportation or those types of things. I think that's the best way. All you'll see right now are people looking at the letter of the act and how it's allocating funding. The rest we're going to learn because as Adam pointed out, this isn't the end of the journey. It's been a long, arguably arguable, uh, ugly journey to get to the end point, but we got a strong, robust bill. It's a monumental bill and the real work is just beginning. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to characterize it. And Dan, when I think about your career, one thing that always comes back to me is collaborative when I think of ways to describe you, because certainly you've had a lot of success at KTA in the various stops along the way for you, but you've still been very involved and are still very involved with the association and the industry at large. And so it sounds like what you're saying is don't look at it strictly through the lens of, you know, you yourself, your company, really it's getting involved, as you said, with the association, these committees, um, it's finding ways to work together it can get you the best response. Is that a fair way to put it? Yeah, I appreciate the kind words, Ben, and um, it's certainly not my expression, but a rising tide floats all boats or ships, <laughs> whatever the expression is. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's the way we should look at it, is that um, the investment has been made. It's done. The dollars have been allocated. Now we need to seize the opportunity to make sure it's done in a beneficial way. And while it could in the surface appeal self-serving, I truly believe in my heart that we have an obligation in our profession to make sure that these funds are used uh, in, an, in an effective and efficient, long-term beneficial way to protect our country's infrastructure. As we wrap up with Adam Christopher and Dan Adley talking about the recently passed U.S. infrastructure law and what it means as far as the implications for AMP members. Um, for anyone listening who has more specific questions about uh, the bill, what the role of AMP is, what they might should do, basically anyone who wants to follow up with either of you two, how can they do that? Adam, we'll start with you. 
Yeah, and I'll, I'll just put one more plug in to say that we will and are compiling resources um, and we'll have a landing page for infrastructure resources with a lot of this information on it, upcoming events and webcasts and other things. So so please do keep in contact. Dan put it perfectly. This is the, the start of the journey and we all need to be together on this to really make a difference. Um, but my uh, email address is Adam dot Christopher C H R I S T O P H E R at amp.org. Please feel free to email me. I'm glad and, and look forward to meeting and talking to anybody about this um, because you know we need to be together on this. If we're, we're not there to make the pitch for uh, protecting assets and sustainability and asset integrity, then there's no one else out there that has the expertise and passion that we do. So please reach out to me. Look forward to meeting everybody. And Ben, thank you for, for doing this today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for taking the time. And Dan, as we wrap up same question to you if anybody wants more information from you or to get in touch how can they do that well i think that um, you know adam is the best contact for more information about the bill and and how the association is responding to it mm -hmm. to the extent that i can offer any insights to anybody i am a, a retired ceo but i still have my kta address and still do uh, i'm a fellow if you will so it's d adley a-d-l-e-y at kta.com and I'm happy to uh, entertain and respond uh, to any inquiries. Good stuff. Folks, this is where we will wind down today. As always, thank you for listening. For Adam Christopher and Dan Adley, my name is Ben DuBose. Thank you for listening. And if you want more insight, you can always check out ampp.org. That's the official website for AMP.